Fantasy World. This is Todd coming at you from Houston, Texas with Fantasy 101 with Todd. I'm here today to talk to you about some injuries and news around the NFL and how it pertains to the fantasy drafts coming up and fantasy players going into 2018. Uh, There's a lot going on here in the first few weeks of training camp. Uh, I definitely want to bounce around a little bit and see what injuries are doing to affect fantasy players' value, which is kind of a big deal with all the drafts coming up in the next few weeks. You want to make sure you draft with the most value at each round, depending on what your scoring system is. Uh, Not to rehash uh, stuff that's repeated quite a bit, but there is a big difference between PPR and standard and half-point PPR. There are some drafting differences there. But no matter what your format is, injuries do play a part in a player's fantasy season. And we have quite a few injuries to go over today, along with some other news and notes. Uh, The first thing I want to get out of the way is something that I've gotten a few emails on. It's a player that I've talked about quite a bit over the last 48 hours. Um, A lot of questions on where he should go in the draft. Uh, The news out of camp is all over the place for Ronald Jones. Uh, the uh, draft pick for the Bucks. Um, right now, his draft position is in the mid-50s. He's going about midway through the fifth round. Um, I think that's about right for Jones. I'm actually high on Ronald Jones. I think even though he's a bit small, uh, he's right around 200 pounds. Um, he kind of looks like a Red, Reggie Bush type player, uh, but does not have the hands that Reggie Bush had. Um Other than the issue of catching the ball out of the backfield, which was his biggest question mark, I think Ronald Jones is going to be a good running back. I think he's going to get, you know, have a thousand yard season. He's going to be the number one there in Tampa Bay. There is not much competition. Peyton Barber is not going to push him very much. And Peyton Barber is only a uh, handcuff at best. Um, You're going to have a the possibility of having a uh, it's the Bucks again are a confusing team they could go either way they could either have a you know Jameis Winston is all over the place and that offense goes with the way Jameis goes uh, he had a really bad year last year um, and going into this year the outlook is not great on the offensive end even though they have Evans on the outside Jameis has a chance to rebound um, and if those two things happen if Jameis rebounds and opens up the Bucks' offense uh, with his quarterback play, I think Ronald Jones will have a big year. So the risk here with taking Jones in the... There's not, to me, honestly, taking Jones in the fifth. You should get value for that. I don't think it's much of a risk. Um, the questions that I kept getting is, is reaching for him in the fourth. I would not do that. I think with Jones, you wait until he, wherever you're at in that fifth round... If he is still sitting there and you are not the guy that reached for Jones in the fourth round, I would take him. I think that he will at least produce fifth round numbers. And I think he has potential. Like I said, if Jameis Winston and Evans and that passing offense for the Bucs um, opens up, because they've got Fitzpatrick for the first four games because Jameis is suspended. So you have to factor that in as well on the Tampa Bay side. But Fitzpatrick is a very good backup quarterback that should not slow down that offense very much. Um, I don't think he's too far off from what Jameis produces. So Jones should still see 
some pretty decent action, even with Fitzpatrick in there. Um, but a lot of the risk with Jones, like I said, is going to depend on that. If Jameis has another repeat, Fitzpatrick has trouble those first four games, and they cannot open up that offense and teams uh, go eight in the box against Tampa Bay, Jones at 200 pounds is going to have trouble. He's a little undersized to be a banger uh, when you've got uh, eight men in the box. He'll be an audible out of that type of running back. If a, if a quarterback, if it's either Winston or Fitzpatrick comes to the line, they see eight in the box with Jones back there. I, I'd say nine times out of ten they're going to audible out of that run. And, and, you know, at best hit Jones maybe in the flat on a dump off, hoping for a blitz or something like that. I don't want to get too technical with you guys. Uh, but Jones is about right in the mid-fifth round. The second thing I want to talk about before we get just straight into uh, news and notes and injuries is zero running back strategy this year. I'm going to bring it up one more time. I've brought it up in past podcasts. I'm still going back and forth on some of my emails over this. Um, this is not the greatest year for it. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but you need to do it uh, understanding that fifth, sixth, seventh round running back talent, you may, you will snag your starters in those fifth, sixth rounds whenever you stop your zero, you know, whenever you finally flip to the running back. Most people go the first four rounds, first four rounds at least when they go zero running back. So say fifth round, you get to those running backs. You're looking at a back I just got through talking about like Ronald Jones. I'm high on Ronald Jones. I think he's a good back. Um, but do I think he's an RB1? Do I think he needs to be the first running back taken in your draft? You're going to have to ride whatever first four receivers you got uh, because your running backs are not going to get you very far. Now, there are some, it's a very popular strategy this year, so I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you not to do it because obviously people are really high on it and have won with it in the past. Um, I have personally seen people win with that strategy, but I am not big on it this year. Um, if you wanted to go zero, zero wide receiver, if you ever wanted to give that a try, this would be the year to try the zero wide receiver approach. Load up on running backs those first four rounds. And then the talent fifth round through eighth round for wide receiver is not bad at all. It's a lot better out. It's a lot better outlook than what the running backs are in those rounds. So if you reverse the strategy uh, with wide receiver, um, in the mid rounds and load up on running back, I think this would be the year you would have some success with that. Um, either way, um, you know, send me your emails as the season starts, um, and I'll do my best to guide you if you went ahead and stuck with the zero running back strategy. Um, there's still ways to navigate through a weak running back group through the season uh, with, uh, you know, trades and, of course, the waiver wire. Um, if you go one of these strategies, zero on either way, you're going to have to work that waiver wire during the year to get uh, uh, some competitive depth in whichever one you went zero in. So um, this, to me, would be the year to go zero wide receiver. But uh, to each their own. Any questions, don't hesitate to uh, send me an email to toddsfantasypicks at gmail.com. And I will answer any of those questions as far as strategy for you. Um, I've pretty much tried them all. There's some I'm bigger and, and not so big on. And uh, um, I won't kill the podcast with it. But any questions, definitely 
email me and once we get the uh, website up we'll uh we'll get interactive with it and um i will guide you through the season in whatever strategy you choose uh let's get into news and injuries uh that was my my main thing i wanted to get to today because there's a lot floating around the league right now um the first thing I wanted to get to was the Carolina offensive line. They lost their starting guard today. Um, they've got a few injuries on their offensive line as of today, August 7th. Um, the reason why I mentioned the date is they've got four weeks to get it right in camp. Um, but you've got Christian McCaffrey uh, back there um, along with Anderson uh, that those guys are might have a tr- especially McCaffrey with his size. I know he bulked up a little bit this year, uh, but the thing that is really popping out at me is Carolina with line issues, not able to run the ball. Um, I know Cam's athletic and he can make things happen, and that's why it's not going to drop, you know, McCaffrey too much, and even Anderson where he's being taken around the tenth or eleventh. Um, I wouldn't freak out and drop either one of them too much on their ADP where they're being drafted at, but um, I would definitely keep an eye on it, especially I would keep up with their news and notes through the preseason. Uh, listen to see what you hear as far as the line, depending on when your draft is, and say you like McCaffrey. Listen to those. Uh, I know the preseason games for a lot of people can be pretty boring. Um, but the things you want to look for is line play, comments by the coaching staff after the game, um, talking about line play and the Carolina situation. You want to hear things like the line is coming together. Whoever steps into these uh, roles on their line is doing, you know, are doing pretty well. Because one thing is for sure, when it comes to running back in the NFL, you cannot have line issues. Very few times in the NFL, in my lifetime at least, um, do you see a running back that does pretty well with a very weak line? Um, I think a good example last year were, uh, were the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, even though it was his rookie year and he had a lot of hesitation in his game, um, I think if Joe Mixon had a few more holes and a little bit more room to work, I think Joe Mixon would have been an RB1 and he would have had a great rookie season. Um, he had a decent rookie season, came on at the end, but I think it would have been um, a better season for him with a better line. I think that's kind of how running back works. So um, you have a certain player that you say you've already drafted or that you're thinking about drafted um, outside of those top five running backs because those top five running backs are the guys that are the elite. No matter what happens on those lines, they'll find a way to get some points for you in fantasy. Uh, but outside of those top five guys, I would really pay attention to the line, and Carolina's one right now that's blinking red for me. So um, I will keep you guys updated uh, as the preseason goes along. Um, I know there's a lot of McCaffrey fans out there, um, and uh, that Carolina O-line will play a factor into his fantasy game. The second, uh, uh, another injury I want to talk about that a lot of people are talking about the last few days, and it's been all over uh, the, the sporting news, is uh, Sony Michelle, rookie running back out of Georgia for the Patriots. Um, Today, as of August 7th, um, he is listed as out for the preseason. Um, we're talking about the New England backfield, and I'm not going to harp too much on how much I dislike, fantasy-wise, 
I have always disliked the New England backfield. You will never hear me tout their backfield. I, they have driven me crazy and hurt me so many times in fantasy. They have helped me a few times because um, they're so hard to predict. It's like finding a you know, diamond in the rough with these guys as far as running backs uh, producing for you in a fantasy week. I got stuck on the Gillisley thing early last year and, and started him, and he had a great first few games and then just fell off the map and never saw him again. And that's kind of how New England works. I will go ahead and jump a little bit on the bandwagon, um, Burkhead, um, just because it's a numbers game right now. There's really nobody else that's going to take too many carries from him. You got Gillisley, and you've got um, uh, you got Gillisley. That's pretty much I think is the only back. Jeremy Hill is there, but Jeremy Hill is going to be a third stringer, I believe. You might see Hill sneak in later in the season on some goal line work and. And, and uh, vulture some work from some of the other backs. And don't forget, you still got James White back there. And James White's going to vulture from uh, Burkhead or when Sonny Michelle comes back. So what I'm getting at here with New England is, yes, the Sonny Michelle injury is a problem. But to be totally honest with you, or to be honest with you, Sonny Michelle was going a little early in the draft. He was right around that mid-fifth round, and I just don't think... Does he have the talent to be a mid-fifth round NFL running back? Absolutely. Um, does he have the system around him with that Josh McDaniel system in New England to help him produce a bunch of fantasy points for you to start week in, week out? I don't think so. And now you throw a knee issue in there. Um, I just, I don't trust this New England backfield. Now, outside of Burkhead, if you... Uh, I think Burkhead is climbing as we speak with the Sony Michelle news and just the issues of not having much in the backfield. It's looking like Burkhead's going to get that goal line work and uh, every down work at least to start the season. Um, so Burkhead, you know, in that sixth, seventh round, absolutely. I, I don't have a problem with taking him. I personally stay away from New England running backs. I would suggest to other people to stay away from New England running backs. Because even if you start Burkhead, the guy has a history of injuries. I mean, look at his career. He's hurt all of the time. Uh, so do I trust Burkhead? No. I am not going to be the guy to give you advice to draft him. But where he's ranked right now and the situation they're in, and if you said, hey, look, I got to the seventh round, Burkhead was still sitting there, and there's not much to choose from because, like I said earlier, the running back position thins out pretty quick in the mid rounds. So, in knowing that they it, it you know thins out mid rounds, that's when um, I don't have a problem taking Burkhead. Uh, I have a feeling with the Sony Michelle news, Burkhead's going to climb crazy into the fourth round or something. And Burkhead in the fourth round, with the risk of his injuries and just the New England offense itself, the way it runs. Um, a lot of screens to James White. They'll still run Burkhead. He'll get an occasional, you know, some goal line work. Um, but fourth round for Burkhead, I think, is too high. And I know there's a lot of New England fans out there. Um, but, you know, there's a difference between real NFL uh, productivity and fantasy productivity. And I just don't know if Burkhead is trustworthy um, in fantasy after those first few weeks. Because Sonny Michelle is going to come back. That first week, I don't think he's going to get much work for a couple weeks, especially the, with the way Bilicek, um runs his uh, his team. He will probably make him sit and work his way into the lineup. Um, and in a few weeks, you're going to be dealing with a committee. It'll be Sonny Michelle, 
and Burke had, and probably Burke had getting the goal line work, but even that's if because Sonny Michelle could get some goal line work too. And you got James White in the middle of all of that. So um, definitely buyer beware when it comes to the New England Patriots. Um, I am a uh, staunch supporter of this approach with the Patriots running backs. Um, they will drive you crazy. That is a guarantee. Uh, mark it down. Um, if you decide to go with Burkhead, though, good luck, and I hope it goes well. Maybe he'll stay healthy 16 games and give you 1,200 yards, um, but I doubt it. We'll move on to Randall Cobb. Um, Randall Cobb hurt the ankle that he had issues with. Um, I think he might have had a procedure done on this. Um, and from what the word is out of camp is that uh, Randall Cobb will be back, should be back by the beginning of the season. Um, maybe even come back during camp. But it's definitely something to put on your radar as far as Geronimo Allison. He's the third string wide receiver, at least listed as a third string right now out of camp. Um, some pretty good news coming out about Allison. Um, his draft stock rises a little bit. Cobb has a history of injuries. Um, and Cobb himself, he's going around the ninth round. I think that's a little, I mean, it is the Green Bay offense led by Rodgers, and it is Randall Cobb who has scored a ton of points with Rodgers. But I would beware of injury with Cobb. I would not take him in any single-digit round. I would let somebody else worry about it. <clears throat> Randall Cobb trying to stay healthy. And I would definitely shoot to grab Allison in those early double-digit rounds, around the 12th, 13th round if you can. Maybe later if he's still there, depending on how tough your draft is. Um, definitely a late-round flyer on Allison is not a bad idea. Uh, the la- uh, I got a few more things I want to cover before we cut out here. Um, first thing I want to talk about is uh, the reports of Goff and Cup. Cooper Cup and Jared Goff have been connecting in camp with the Rams. There are a lot of people talking about how well they're working together. Um, he still looks good with Cooks. Cooks, I still think, is the number one receiver there. There is some... Um, bantering going on right now uh, between a lot of uh, guys in the fantasy world over who's more valuable, Cup or um, any, you know, it Woods. It's really been Woods and Cup. Um, but, you know, I think Cup right now is a strong number two there. Um, Woods had a great year last year, and I really, it's a it kind of a, they're really A and B to me. They're about the same. Uh, they're going in about the same spot around the eighth round and, and a lot of drafts right now. Um, ninth round, depending on uh, the scoring system, but around the eighth round. Uh, it's basically a battle for number two there, and I would probably give it to Cup right now. If it was up to me, you had a gun in my head, who, do, who are you going to draft, Woods or Cup? I would probably go with Cup right now. Um, barring anything changing as far as injury, and if reports keep coming out, you know. Now, Goff is going to throw the ball a ton in that Rams offense. They're fun to watch, but they love to work Gurley a lot. So um, I don't think Cup's going to come in and be a wide receiver one or anything. But if you need a strong flex, maybe a, you're really, really running back heavy, um, and you've got your number one receiver late in the draft or didn't get to any depth to receiver until mid-rounds, 
um, then Cup could slide in as a back-end wide receiver too and be productive for you. Um, I'm excited for his season. Trying to keep it tempered um, just because of the Rams' offense, the way it worked last year. Was it dynamic? Absolutely. It was dynamic because they used a lot of people, and they very you know, heavily depended on Todd Gurley um, to carry that offense. Um, so that's the outlook there on Cooper Cup. Um, another uh, uh, news item today that I've been bouncing around with, with on emails uh, as far as where to take him is Martavius Bryant. Um, we're dealing with some issues with John Gruden. He's bringing in some old school approaches to the game. Um, I think this new generation of football players might have some issues with the, with the hard-nosed way Gruden approaches things. I love Gruden just like most people did in the booth. Um, he is a Super Bowl winning coach. Um, but the way he left Tampa Bay and the way it's looked these first few weeks in camp with Oakland, um, I don't know how well this is going to go there. It's still up in the air for me. Um, now, there are going to be some players with fantasy value. Um, but I'm, the, the word out right now on the news item with Martavius Bryant is that he is not picking up the playbook. To me, knowing what I know of Gruden, now I've watched him on TV like everybody else. I watched his QB show, and I watched him as a coach back in the day with Oakland and Tampa Bay um, in the early 2000s. Um, and when you're not getting the playbook with a coach like Gruden, those old school coaches, you are quickly going to be on the outs with that coach. So at best right now, with the news that's coming out, now there's still four weeks of camp left, and I think they could get it right. And I think Martavis Bryant has enough talent um, where if he can get that playbook right, I think he could get back in Gruden's good graces. Uh, but right now, Bryant is nothing better than a late-round flyer. Now, he's got a lot of upside. If Bryant catches on with that offense and gets it right with Gruden and you know opens up that offense by hitting the outside and, and letting Carr you know, get some downfield action and opening up some um, you know, some lanes down the field for him, I think Bryant could be uh, fantasy relevant. But he seems to be far from that at the moment, um, and it doesn't seem to be uh, getting any better. Um, so we'll see. We'll keep up with the Bryant issue. Um, as of right now, late round flyer on Bryant. You're in a deep draft or uh, draft with a lot of rounds. Late double-digit round, not a problem taking a Martavius there as a just a, a wait-and-see type uh, thing, especially if you haven't heard much going into your draft. He's not a bad flyer at the end of a draft. Um, <clears throat> we'll get to the, the, the Browns here. Um, the Callaway kid for the Browns that they drafted, ton of talent. Um, they just traded Corey Coleman to the, to the uh, Bills. Um, and I thought when they did that, I thought two things. I thought the Callaway kid that they drafted um, was either doing great in practice, which I heard some pretty good, his route running is great, um, or they're ready to sign Des Bryant. And the day that I was going over that, kind of putting together my thoughts on that, he gets busted with marijuana in his car. He's probably, I'm, I'm assuming, will Keep up with it, but I'm assuming he's going to get some kind of suspension, uh, maybe a couple games in the substance substance abuse program for the NFL. Um, so Callaway, I don't know how much fantasy relevance he had to begin with. He was definitely on my radar as a back end of the draft guy. Now he's definitely a flyer. 
um, just because of the unknown. He might even slip into the waiver wire going into most people most people seasons, especially if they sign Des Bryant, which I've heard the last couple days that that's looking less and less likely. Um, now on that front, Corey Coleman getting traded to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm split on it. I, I think that it's kind of a red flag that the Browns would let a first rounder go like that. So I don't know what frame of mind he's in. Um, but there is nothing else in Buffalo. I know they're not going to have a quarterback, but we don't know what Josh Allen's going to turn into. But Corey Coleman is a fast, good hands, good receiver coming out of college out of Baylor, just a really, really first rounder, you know, first round talent. A lot of people compared him to Steve Smith. It's not looking like he's going to be Steve Smith, um, but he has that same type of talent. Um, I think he's going to go to Buffalo and there's a chance I would, uh, there's a chance he's going to do well. I would definitely take him at the back um, of drafts and he may even climb to where you're going to have to take him maybe in the 12th or 13th round maybe earlier if he does well in camp because all of the other receivers there's a jones um uh kelvin benjamin they're they're plotters they're tall slower receivers i think coleman coming in with his hands and his his quick ability i think it could be like a jarvis landry there um and you know take some short crossing routes and uh Put some yards up that way. He'd be a good outlet for a rookie quarterback that needs to get rid of the ball quickly. I think there's a chance Corey Coleman um, will do well in uh, Buffalo, shockingly. And I know Buffalo is tough, um, but and it's hard to sell anything outside of McCoy. But Corey Coleman, if he comes up in your draft and you're loaded, you've got all the pieces that you need and you're in the back end of your draft and nobody else is taking a chance on him, um, he's not a bad guy to uh, take a chance on. And the last thing we'll go out on is Carson Wentz. He is not expected to play in the preseason. Uh, and there's a lot of people saying that um, there's a chance that he may not be ready for that first week of action. And I know in a few, a lot of my keeper leagues he was kept... Uh, and the leagues that I've drafted that he, there are that are not keeper leagues, Wentz is still going high in the draft. Um, at least in the quarterback list, he's going high, top five, uh, and a lot top three in a lot of leagues. Uh, if you have a good backup, a secondary quarterback, which a lot of people are waiting on quarterback now, that seems to be the new trend, or I guess that is the trend now. I don't know if it's probably going to stick around. Most people wait for quarterbacks outside of those top three. Um, so you may, if, if you're going to go the Wentz route, I would probably reach just a round or two earlier on another decent quarterback um, to just get you through the question marks of the early season with Wentz. Um, because if you get to Wentz, he's going to be a good fantasy quarterback. He can do a lot of things. Um, even with the knee issue, I don't have any problem with Wentz coming back and dominating. Um, it's just a question of when and uh, if you go the Wentz route, maybe you can get Foles uh, outside of a two-quarterback league. Um, you can get Foles at the end of a draft and maybe, well, I would say wait till waiver, but somebody's probably going to draft him. Um, and if you're going to go the Wentz route, I would take try to take Foles on the backside. If somebody snakes it from me, work out a cheap trade, get Foles on that roster, and there you go, you're covered. You've either got Foles 
or Wentz. The catch is, once Wentz comes back, you're either going to have to let Foles go, or on the bye week, you're going to have to pick up a third quarterback temporarily. Um, So make sure you're aware of that. If you do go the route of double quarterback on the same team, which is rare, I have done it and won with it, um, you will, come bye week, have to get creative. So make sure you've got some roster spots um, down toward the end of your bench that you can maneuver around to cover for the Wentz situation. That's going to cover our news and notes for today, August 7th, 2018. One month until football, guys. Uh, Stay right here with Fantasy 101 through the preseason. We're going to do our best to keep you informed and ready for your seasonal leagues and your weekly and daily fantasy football needs as the season begins. You can email questions to me at toddsfantasypicks at gmail.com. Once again, this is Todd in Houston, Fantasy 101. Until next time, guys.